Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word, so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. Well, good morning, church. How are you? Glad to see all of you, and uh, is everybody okay after the Steelers game this week? Everyone's healing and doing all right? That was, it was a rough one. Uh, the elders were uh, gracious enough to give me, uh, bless me with some Steelers tickets to the next Cleveland Browns game, so uh, pray for me as we, as we go to the Browns game, so, but we'll be there. We'll, we'll keep order. We'll keep order while we're there, but um, anyway, uh, glad you're here. If you're new with us, as Fred said, a special welcome. We're, to, we're honored that you chose to worship with us, as well as all of our members and everybody that calls us home. Uh, I just love gathering together. The scripture says how, uh, how amazing this is and how important it is that we gather, not to neglect gathering together. And so uh, God's always doing an amazing work uh, as well. Many of you, how many of you were at Encounter this weekend? I've heard wonderful things. So thank you for all of you for being here. And uh, I know the Lord has... Uh, blessed you and helped you in many ways, and and he'll continue. I kind of see this as an extension of what all the work that uh, the Lord's doing in Encounter, so this would be a great message, Uh, although I I must prepare you or give you a little, uh, I guess, uh, a little notice. Uh, In Hebrew or in in Jerusalem, we learn this in Israel, it's called chutzpah, all right? It's kind of like, and the way he taught us to do it is chutzpah, all right? It's like a dagger going in, chutzpah. So this is one of those messages I just need to get you ready for. And uh, so he, he taught us uh, about chutzpah, and when, especially when you're speaking to the Jew. And so he, he always encouraged us. And if, you, if you're ever ministering to a Jewish friend, uh, here's, a, here's a good way to minister to them. He's, uh, especially coming up on Christmas, uh, they'll you know, ask what you're celebrating and what you're doing. And, we're, and he's always said, a little chutzpah is just tell them, uh, we've come to, well, we were in Israel. He said, well, we've come to uh, the places where your Messiah was. And so he said, make sure you say your Messiah. Okay, I know he's your Messiah as well, but make sure you put that out there. So that's a little chutzpah, all right? That's a little turn and dag. So, uh, but today's one of those messages, so I just want to give you a little precursor. It's actually, uh, we're in the Power of Blank uh, series, and today's the power of the tongue, uh, the power of the tongue. And I'm not talking about tongues, uh, our spiritual language, that's another message in itself, but I'm talking about our language, our speech, how we speak to one another, the power of the tongue. Uh, so today, uh, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of encouragement. Maybe you struggle in this area. Uh, let me just tell you, we all do. Every one of us struggles with our tongue at one time or the other. Now, maybe you don't struggle as much as others, uh, but James makes it emphatically clear all of our tongues are evil. <laughs> all of our tongues are untamable. We've all had at some point or another, uh, especially if, you, if Jesus isn't a part of your life, look, uh, we have no hope when it comes to our tongue. It is untamable, is what he says. And so uh, I'll tell you more about that. But I, I just want to encourage you because... Uh, we're all maturing in different ways. And so when I speak about the tongue, maybe you instantly think of curse words. You instantly think of all these things. But, uh, but really we're talking about our hearts is really what we're talking about. Our speech our, is connected to our hearts. Uh, and Jesus really wants us to understand um, you know, what's in our heart is going to come, into, come out of our mouth. Now, if it's for God, then if your heart's for God, then what's going to come out of your mouth is for the Lord. And if it's not, then what's going to come out is things that aren't of the Lord. Uh, so it really is about your heart, and Jesus wants us to show that. In fact, let me share that first scripture with you. It's in Luke chapter 6, and this is where Jesus is actually teaching us. Uh, but remember, if you were with us last week, if this is your first week joining us, um, James is the half-brother of Jesus. So, you know, they have the same mom, but different dad, right? So... 
God's dad is the Father and the Holy Spirit. James has a physical dad, and so, but the same mom. But uh, so this is his half brother, and so he wrote the book of James. So you're going to see some things that are very close. James will say it uh, in the same way that Jesus says it, just with a little different focus or visual. Uh, but here's what Jesus says: uh, Luke chapter six, verse forty-five. Speak, talking about your tongue. Uh, he says this in verse 45. He says, A good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Notice the connection to your heart and your mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Uh, so this is really a, a great teaching from the Lord himself, just showing you whatever's in here is going to come out of your mouth. And I think this is, maybe you never realize this, but it's so abundantly true. I, um, when I first came to the Lord, now I've always loved music. I still love music today. Uh, but music was a crutch for me. It was, it was actually a, a very difficult uh, thing for me to let go. Uh, not that I have to let music go, but I had to let go of the message. You know, everything has a message. Uh, what I'm saying to you today has a message. What you see on TV has a message. A commercial has a message. Music has a message. A movie has a message. Everything has a message that's communicating. The question is, is what is the message that's being communicated? Is it for the Lord or is it not for the Lord? And it really is, uh, for the most time, that cut and dry. Or, or maybe it's just kind of uh, stupid humor. It's just kind of, you just wasted a couple hours. Although I like stupid humor. But, you know, what I mean, it's kind of mindless, you know, kind of sometimes. But, uh, but really, what is the message being communicated? For me... Music was my crutch in the fact that uh, it was really what was in my heart because I was listening to music that was not from God. And so there was words, a lot of words, uh, a lot of word, bad words that weren't for the Lord that I was letting into my heart. And guess what came out of my mouth? The same words, right? And so uh, really what you put in here, and that's why I always say, uh, now this is my conviction, so I'm not telling you you have to do this, but, um, but I remember when the Lord convicted me of this, when I uh, started coming to church and I, I gave my life to the Lord, uh, one of the first things that he told me to do was get rid of my music. And I remember now, I, uh, music was such a, a God for me. Uh, my, I used to have a, a truck, so I bought vehicles uh, based on how many speakers I could fit in it. That was my goal. And so actually, when I, when I, I bought my first car, I was uh, 16 when I bought my first, first brand, like new car. And so I bought my first brand new car, and I wanted to order it without an alternator or without air conditioning because I needed the second alternator to power my sound system. Uh, I couldn't have power anything. Crank down windows. Why? Because it took power away from the music, right? And so you know, I purposely ordered it for the music in general. Uh, and I didn't need anything like, uh, like panels, because I was going to remake all those. You know, I was going to load them with speakers too. Uh, but you can't order a car without panels. They won't let you do it. So, uh, but that, that was my mindset. I was totally, that was my God. And that was what was feeding my heart. Uh, and naturally, that's what came out. So when the Lord told me to get rid of my music, uh, I was actually working with the youth. I wasn't the youth pastor at that time. I was one of the youth leaders. Uh, but I went to the youth pastor and said, hey, uh, the Lord's really convicted me of getting rid of my music. And at that time, uh, you know, showing my age for you young people, it was on little round things called CDs. I know you can still get those today, uh, but you don't have many of them. But in my day, uh, you had this big portfolio in your car that you would open. You'd be driving and open the folder. And you, know, you had four, four on it. You know what I'm talking about? Anyone old enough to understand that? You'd, or you'd have them up on your visor, right? You had a little visor strip of the, of the ones that you liked the most. They were up there. And then your, your, you know, your archive was the big, big folder. Uh, I've gotten pulled over many times. Like, what are you looking at? Well, I'm trying to go through my album while I'm driving. It's not easy to do, is it? You know? And so, and, you know, so in our day, they also had these big CD changers that would hold 20 CDs, right? And you, anyway, that's just showing your age. Uh, but so the Lord told me, look, destroy it all. And so I brought 
all of my things in. And uh, as you read the message, uh, as we go over the message today, you'll see I was helping them release their anger. I said, all right, guys, we're gonna, I'm going to let you bust up all these. And it was a great night. It was probably, it was an epic night because they're just taking hammers and sledging the CDs and stuff's breaking. It was just really a beautiful picture of uh, the evil that was in my heart was being uh, set free. It was being broken up. And so anyway, that was, just, that was my conviction. I'm not telling you you have to do that. Yeah, you bring your iPods in and we'll do a smashing. Although if, if the Holy Spirit says so, bring them in. It's great. It's great anger management. We can let it all out. But, uh, but for me, that was it. And because I was worshiping music through my truck, uh, I actually dis- dismembered my truck, every piece that I used to show for Rockford Fosgate. And I, so I took it all apart and I installed it in the youth center at that time. And so for me, that was just, uh, it was just a natural way to say, Lord, I want to make this about you and not about me. And so it was really just a beautiful picture of how God redeemed me and redeemed my mouth. And again, I struggled with cursing. And so maybe you do today. This isn't judgment, all right? What I'm telling you is, is as, you, uh, as Jesus said, what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. So maybe right now, cursing is coming out of your mouth. And it was for me too. Uh, but I can tell you, Uh, One of the best things that, and by the way, uh, we're going to get into three points. The first one is this, the untamable tongue. Uh, So for me, my my tongue and your tongue was not tameable. Uh, I had a hard time taming my tongue because of what I was letting into my heart. Uh, But here's the beautiful picture of redemption. When you let God into your heart, uh, the only thing that will tame your heart is the word of God. Uh, so let me read some verses, and, and this will all start to make sense as we put it all together. But I wanted to share my story and my conviction. Really, these three steps are steps of maturity I've taken through the years. Uh, and so if it helps you uh, kind of take that next step, I would just want to encourage you. But what I don't want you to do, and, and I had this thought in my mind too, as I'm such a bad Christian, right? Or I shouldn't be here because I'm, uh, I, I, I swear like a sailor, trucker, right? That's what we do. We justify it. We're not even truck drivers, but we say it anyway. Or we're not even sailors, but we say it anyway. That's just justifying what's in your heart. It's not really, it's not okay. That's what I'm saying, to talk that way. But we're just, you know, we're justifying what we're letting in our heart, who we hang around with, what we listen to, right? To match why we speak this way. Uh, but it's just a justification. Not okay. So the untamable tongue, let's read first. James chapter Chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, uh, for he who, te- who teaches will be judged more strictly. That's, by the way, that's me and, and, and many others of you that teach here. And it's an honor to do so. We're not afraid that we're going to be judged more strictly. Actually, uh, it should be that way. Okay, so I'm okay with that if you're okay with it. It doesn't matter if you're okay with it anyway, because the Bible says it. So, <laughs> verse 2. Uh, Indeed, we all make m- many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire." It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is, a restless, it is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. 
Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh and bitter water? The answer would be no. Does a fig tree produce olives? No. Does a, or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So James really, uh, that's the chutzpah, all right? And you see it in different ways, okay? Uh, James really speaks clearly about our mouths. First and foremost is the uncontrollable tongue. Uh, Proverbs 10.19 says this, And the multiple of words, sin is not lacking. Isn't that true? How many of you guys talk a lot? I'm a, I like to talk uh, a lot, all right? Uh, not so, like, if you get me out of this element or you get me at home, I'm, I'm really just, I like just a couple people around me. I'm not a big public guy. Uh, but like, if you're in a meeting with somebody, um, so uh, I'm sh- again, I'm showing you my flaws. If I'm in a meeting with somebody, uh, I've had to teach myself and train myself to not speak. Uh, some of you uh, are like me, like if someone is talking to you, you cut them off. You want to say something very quickly. You like to cut them off, all right? Uh, one of the great things about marriage is this. Uh, as when that was, you know, obviously that was something I struggled with is I always had to say something very quickly, uh, and I'd get one of these. That's chutzpah, okay? That's chutzpah. Uh, it's basically Jen saying, without the other person knowing, right? Um, so, but that was something even today. I, I, I have to be careful. I have to... Listen, I have to be quick to listen and not quick to speak. Uh, so you're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to teach you that here in a second. Um, so, but out of many words become sin. If you like to talk or you like to be the one that always has the opinion that's always right, I'm just telling you, uh, you're opening yourself up to sin. If it's all about your opinion or your way or what you think is always right, you're opening yourself up to, uh, you're giving the enemy a foothold in your life to sin. Uh, and the Bible's so good because it teaches you both, right? It teaches you, here's what the wise do, here's what the foolish do. James is saying, hey, look, all of us, all of us in this room have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have an untamable tongue. All of us have a tongue that's full of evil and poison. And guess what? I don't need you to train you how to use it, do I? I don't need to train you how to do evil. In fact, I don't even need to download the latest version. Now, you can, obviously, uh, really make this tongue do evil things in a very quick way, very fast. You can get very good at it, can't you? Uh, when I love, when I love teaching teenagers uh, to tame the tongue, uh, I always tell them, look, grab your tongue and walk around and try to talk to people. And so it's just a good visual of, uh, you know, hey, how are you doing? Oh, great. That's me. I'm the, all right? You probably wouldn't shake my hand now, but, uh, but I like to teach them that even holding your tongue, it sounds funny, but even in holding your tongue, uh, if you want to say something, you'll still say it. It'll sound funny. Uh, but you cannot and I cannot, as people, tame our tongues. Even if we were to hold it, uh, our, our heart's going to come out eventually. Uh, whatever's in here is going to come out. Jesus said this, what's, the abundance of your heart will speak. For God, not for God, it really doesn't matter. Uh, what's in here is coming out. Uh, so, and this is what James is saying. All of our tongues are evil. So I don't want you sitting here saying, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one that speaks this way, or I have a problem, and I, maybe I curse, or I swear, or maybe I slander, or I beat, or abuse people with my words. Look, all of us, maybe we don't do that specific thing, but we all, have, we all struggle with our tongues. All of us do. Uh, so please don't sit here, and I think this is what the enemy would do, is see, see you can't be in church. 
There's, you can't come to church. No, look, all of us need the Lord's help. We all need Jesus. That's why Jesus is our Savior. That's why I love Jesus, because we all need, he's the one that can help tame our tongues. And he does that by transforming and renewing our heart. We spoke about that last week. So if you missed it, you can go online and listen to that. But he does that by renewing our minds and renewing our hearts. That's how he tames our tongue. If it's up to you and me, we can't do it. But with the Lord's help, we can. With the Holy Spirit prompting us, with the Holy Spirit teaching us his heart, now our heart becomes his heart, and what comes out of our mouth becomes his words. And I love that. That's, that's how it works. So uh, just for encouragement for you, for maybe you're, you're in that, that place that I was uh, not too long ago where my tongue was uh, untamable and I was feeding my heart with the wrong things and what was coming out of my mouth is what I was feeding my heart with. So it's just an encouragement to you. I would, I would say this, ask the Holy Spirit what he wants you to do. Uh, it may be not what I did, but he, he may show you something else that's for you. Uh, and that's what's so good about conviction. Conviction isn't gospel, so uh, you know, I don't want you to do what I did, uh, but conviction's for you, and it's healthy for you, and it's good for you, and it's from the Lord, and it's there to bless you and help you. Uh, so but ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit how he can help you today, how he can begin to change and transform your heart today. Uh, so if you're there, uh, look, be glad that you're here. This is why I love the Bible. This is why I love the Word of God. Is it's always there to teach, to correct, to rebuke, to help, to bless, and this is an area we all need help with, is our tongues. Uh, so that was my first step in maturing. That was my first step in faith, was, was really trusting God with what I put into my heart. And I had to make that choice for myself. Uh, let me show you a few things uh, that maybe, uh, that will help you, I guess. And I want to talk about maybe where a lot of you are today is the conflicted tongue. And I like to describe this as kind of like there's two fences. There's a fence, right? And you want to be on both sides, right? Uh, or let me put it this way. You put your Sunday face on. But then when you leave here, you take that thing off, right? And then you, you, the way you speak here and the way you speak the other six days a week is totally different. And that's the way, that was kind of my next phase that I went through. Is I, uh, I was, would come to church, I was encouraged, I, I gave my life to Jesus, but my, my speech needed to evolve and mature. And, and I had a difficult time of, uh, okay, I'm at church today, so I act this way at church. But then when I go to work, um, and by the way, none of you are around then right? So I'm at work, not around my church people. I would act differently. And so and maybe that's where you are. And this is what James says. He says this, right, in verse, verses 9 and 10. Let me read it out of the message. I love how the message uh, words it. Uh, the same verse that we read, just verse 9 says, with our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tug, tongue, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on, is what he says. So Look, he's making it very clear. We come here, we, we'll praise God, we worship God. We, <laughs> I, I love the songs that we just sang. I love, you know, you deserve it. And I, I love worshiping God. But then we leave here and what do we do? And, and normally, typically, most of the time, probably 95% of the time, your tongue lashings go to who? The people you love. The people you spend the most time with, doesn't it? It's your spouse or your kids or... Uh, or whoever, whoever you're, you love and you're around, those are the people you usually lash out on. And it may not even have anything to do with them. You could have had a bad day at work. You could have, something could have happened to you. Uh, but you're in a bad mood. And let me just say this. Uh, the abundance of what that comes out of your mouth most of the time comes through anger. It is driven by anger. Now, you can be angry and not sin, but many of us not, have not learned how to do that. Many of us get angry 
and we allow that anger to boil over into our emotions and we take it personal or we put our spin on it or our opinion or whatever it is and we take that, we let that anger and we don't deal with the anger so eventually the anger builds up and builds up, builds up and then we let it out on the ones that we love. That's just a simple example of how it works. And this is why I want to give you some biblical principles that will help you. Part of taming the tongue always has to do with our hearts. All right? It always has to do with our heart. There's, there's no one, two, three, self-help. You tame your tongue by holding your tongue for 10 minutes. That doesn't work. All right? Taming your tongue comes by walking with God. Taming your tongue makes, is by making a choice to say, God, you're the Lord and I'm a follower. By submitting your life to God and by submitting yourself to Jesus and by allowing him to correct you. And so if you have a problem with your tongue like I did, allow God to correct you. Allow him to say, and look, we're, we all make mistakes. I love what James says. We've, we've all blown it. We've all messed up. When it comes to our tongue, we've all done it. So come to a place and say, Lord, I'm sorry. First of all, first and foremost, I'm sorry and I need your help. So let me give you some help from the scriptures himself. Uh, let's look at first, uh, well, let me give you, yeah, Matthew 15, 8. Here's Jesus saying the same thing as James. These people draw near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Have you, have you seen that in church? He's speaking to Pharisees and Sadakai. We learned that in Hebrew. It's Sadakai, not Sadducees. All right? He's speaking to people that are religious that are saying, hey, do what I say, not what I do. We call that a hypocrite, right? None of us like hypocrites. Whether we're in the church or out of church, nobody likes hypocrites. Uh, but this is what's happening in Jesus' day as well, and it happens in our lives too. So we've got to be careful. Uh, verse 11 of the same chapter of Matthew 15 says, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth defiles a man. So here's a, this is a, uh, in Jesus' time, this is a, they were asking about food. What food defiles them? Jesus said, hey, food doesn't defile you. It's what's coming out of your mouth is what defiles you. And so this was a, a dynamic uh, moment shift not only for believers, but also for Jesus when he spoke this. Now, it's always been the same for God, but for them hearing that uh, was a chutzpah moment. It's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what's coming out of your mouth that defiles you. Um, so let me give you a couple tools, I guess, scriptures that you can hang on to. And I would, I would say this. If you can put these on your heart, it will help you tremendously. Verse 19 of chapter 1 of James says this. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man... People, not just men, men and women. Men, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of, wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. If you could remember this, when you're, these three things, if you could just put this in your mind. Be swift to hear, listen, not swift to speak. See, a lot of us are swift to speak. I was swift to speak. Uh, if you have an untamed tongue, you're swift to speak. You're swift to tell your opinion. You're, you're swift to tell people how you feel. Uh, if you're, you're swift to be defensive. You know, if somebody comes at you and they're mad at you, you're, you're quick to be defensive. Or you, you get the point. But here's the principle. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So, look, here, let's memorize scripture together. Quick to listen. Everyone say it. Slow to speak, slow to anger. <laughs> Last service I said, quick to speak, I messed it up. All right, quick to listen, quick to listen. Now, when you're quick to listen, here's something you need to understand. You may be hearing something you don't like. Someone's gonna be talking to you, whether you're sitting in a meeting or with a coworker or with your spouse. 
You've got to get them, give them the right to complain. You've got to give them the right to say, hey, tell me what's the matter. Without getting defensive, without cutting them off and shouting your opinion, you've got to give them the right to complain. That's part of transparency. That's part of maturity. I just say, hey, I'm, I'm being quick to listen. And I'm being slow to speak. I'm going to let you finish it out. And I'm going to be slow to anger. So here's the point is you may be sitting in a conversation listening to what they're saying and inside of you, you're already getting a little frustrated or you don't like what you're hearing. And this is what I love about the scripture. It's like, listen, God is the God of self-control so you can control yourself. You can be slow to speak and slow to anger just like God is with you. Think, think about this. All of us in this room has done something wrong to the Lord. We've not chosen God. We've rejected him. We've walked away from him. We've sinned against him. Yet he's always quick to listen to your repentance. He's always quick to listen to how you've, what wrong you've done. He's slow to speak. And when he does speak, it's always graceful. It's always loving. It's always kind. It's always gentle. Sometimes it's, the chutzpah hurts a little bit because we know we need to change our hearts, but it's still good. Correction is love. Correction is good. And he's very slow to anger. A lot of times we don't view God that way. We view God as he's waiting to get me. No, God is very slow to anger. He's been waiting for years to get to you to this point. He's been speaking to you your whole life. And so this, this is the principle he gives us. Let me give you another one, Ephesians 4. Uh, Ephesians 4 is a, another great, uh, wait, I, I skipped one, 20, verse 26 of the same chapter. Don't turn from James yet. Okay, it repeats the same. James 1.26, if any one of you amongst you thinks he's religious and does not bite all his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless, right? That's hypocritical. So James is saying, look, control yourself. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Ephesians 4, look at this. This is where anger, and this is why I'm telling you, anger is the root of our, a lot of times, our sin. Anger is the root of a lot of times what comes out of our mouth. Uh, here's what it says, Ephesians 4. Again, if you're looking for more principles to help tame your tongue, it's always through God's word. It's always about putting uh, your relationship with God first and allowing him to change you. But listen to Ephesians 4. And I encourage you to go home, read this, meditate on this, and apply it to your life and see that it won't help you. It says this, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So here's the principle for taming your tongue. First of all, let's talk about anger. You can be angry and not sin. All right, this is the scripture that James teaches. You can be angry and not sin. Jesus was angry. Remember, he flipped tables, but he didn't sin. 
So you can be angry and not sin. And this is what James is saying, or Ephesians is saying, don't sin by letting your anger control you. So even though you have the emotion of anger, Jesus had the emotion of anger, he didn't sin against people. And a lot of times, this is what we do. We allowed our, we allowed our anger to get out of control, and then we say something, or we do something to hurt somebody. A, good, a great principle that uh, Ephesians gives you that I would encourage every one of you to try, and it doesn't matter if you're married or not married, but if you're, if you're married, this is very helpful. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. It is a phenomenal principle. If you're married and you haven't tried this principle, implement it in your life. Don't ever go to bed angry. I don't care if you're married or not. If you're married at a coworker, if you're, or I'm sorry, if you're angry at a co- <laughs> married a coworker. <laughs> Called a, that's called a something slip, Freudian slip, right? If you're, if you're at, angry at a coworker, if you're angry at a friend, don't go to bed on the anger because it gives, Ephesians says, it gives a foothold to the devil. Why? When you're angry and you go to bed, what happens? You replay in your head ways you can get back at them. Ways that you can say something to hurt them. Or, or you know, if you're married, then you begin to think about, well, that person doesn't love me. You begin to think all of these things, even, even crazy things, hy- hypothetical things that aren't even true. They're not even true in your life, but the enemy puts them in there. They don't love you. They love somebody else. You married the wrong person. All of these things happen, and this is what happens when you let anger go on day by day. The anger keeps building and building and building until you have so much anger in your heart and you haven't dealt with it. What happens? You spew it out on somebody. Usually, it's the one you love. But if not, you find it, it just, until when that trigger happens, you just, blah. We call that, you put your foot in your mouth. But if you'll deal with your anger every day, it's like weeding a garden, right? A good garden isn't going to grow if you don't weed it. Eventually, the weeds are going to take over and the garden's going to die. The same is true with anger. If you just would weed that anger out every day, you're not going to sin. You're dealing with it. And I love, I love the, I love how, how God does this. He says, look, here's how you do it. Instead, it says, instead of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and evil behavior, instead of those things, instead of when you're angry and frustrated and you let it build up and then you, you slander and you use harsh language and you, you manipulate and you do all that, instead of doing that, here's what you should do. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, just as Christ has forgiven you. When you came to Christ and you said, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me, I have sinned. I'm repenting of all that I've done. Guess what God does? He forgives you of all of it. He doesn't forget what happened. He releases you and he doesn't bring it up anymore. And the same would be true for you. If you're angry at somebody, look, go and talk to them about it. And then forgive them and let it go. You be kind. You don't come in with the, with the intent of, I'm going to win or I'm going to get you, or because you did this, I'm going to do this. No, you're kind, and you're tenderhearted, and you're merciful and graceful, just as God is graceful, and you come with the intention of forgiving, saying, look, I'm going to let this go. It's by no means am I saying that you let people take advantage of you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is your heart, your heart, what you put into your heart is going to change your words. If your heart is all bitter and anger and wrath, and slander, if that's, if that's what you're letting control you, then what's going to come out of you is going to be evil, evil behavior, evil words, 
Manipulation, hurt, pain, whatever it is, that's what's going to come out of you. And so Ephesians 4 is saying, hey, look, don't sin because of your anger. Take care of your anger day by day, day by day, day by day. Don't go to bed. And I'm talking about big issues. I'm talking about big anger issues. Don't go to bed angry. Look, it's great if the problem happens at like one in the afternoon because you've got all day. You can deal with it all day, but don't go to bed angry. Spouses, every day, make this a principle that you're going to deal with your anger every day. Watch and see how it heals your marriage. Watch and see how it, it helps your communication, right? A lot of times when we're angry and we hold it, we don't ever talk about it. And then we forget how to communicate. We forget how to be loving and tenderhearted. Why? Because you're only thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about the other person. This is why I love when he says, when he talks about he correlates this with a thief, right? If you're a thief, quit stealing, but not just quit stealing, put your hands to doing good work, and not only doing good work, but also giving generous to others. If you're a thief, the only person you're thinking about is you. A way to break that is, look, stop stealing, start doing things that are productive and good, and then start being generous to others. Think about others more than yourself. See, the Bible's so good about helping your heart. Because what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. What's in your heart is going to dictate how you speak and how you love and how you treat people. So those are just a couple tools. And I think uh, for those of you that are kind of straddling the line, look, worship is not just on Sunday morning. Worship is not only music. It's all of those things. Worship encompasses your life to Jesus. Worship encompasses your Sunday, your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday. Worship encompasses your vocation. Worship encompasses your marriage. Worship encompasses your kids. Worship encompasses your friendships and your relationship. Worship encompasses your stewardship and how you take care of things. Worship is everything. And so we can't straddle the line and say, well, I have church over here and I have work over here. Look, God isn't, he's not into that kind of lifestyle. That's hypocritical. That's what Jesus was saying. Look, you say one thing on Sunday, but then when I look at your life, it doesn't line up with what you're saying. You put on your Sunday face on Sunday, but then when I see you on Monday, that face is way far away. And Jesus is saying, this is what true worship is. You take up your cross every day. That I'm part of your life, that I am the Lord, that you're submitting to me every single day. That you're putting my word in your heart every single day. Look, and I know we're maturing. I know, look, we're going to mess up from time to time. Sometimes we go to church and we have a bad day and we mess up and we say things we shouldn't. Look, be quick to say, look, I'm sorry. Be quick to say, forgive me, I shouldn't have acted that way. Look, and I don't care how they acted. A lot of times we do uh, a turn the other cheek thing, right? Well, they treated me like that, so I'm going to treat them that way. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is for your heart. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. You can't control them. But you make sure that your heart is healed and whole. You make sure you deal with your anger so that the next time you're dealing with this conversation or this person or somebody else, you can speak tenderheartedly with love. You can be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Look, try these things if you're conflicted, then you're like me where you had that confliction, and watch and see what God will do. The beautiful thing that happened to me is I was an executive at a department store. I used to work for Lazarus, now Macy's. If you're a big Pittsburgh fan, like Lazarus and Kaufman's, they're all gone. They've been bought up by other stores. 
but what I found is, uh, as I struggled with this, and as I started to let, the God, let God lead me, is God started using me at work. People started coming with their problems. Why? Because I was the only one quick to listen. And I was the only one that was slow to speak and slow to anger. Everybody else said, hey, I don't have time for your life. Just put out the clothes. Just fold them like this. Put them on the folding board. Make sure your, your clothes aren't straight. But you know what? People love to be respected and listened to and honored. Whether they're at work, whether they're at home, or they're a mom, or they're a dad, and they're parenting, we all need somebody to listen and love and be graceful and tenderhearted and kind. And that's what the church does so well. I believe that's what our church does so well. And so if you're struggling, look, apply these principles, try them, and see that God won't use you in a remarkable way. Here's the final one, the tongue of life. And this one, I'm going to let Scripture do what it does best, okay? I'm going to let Scripture speak for itself. Uh, because it's, it's, it's God that changes our heart, and it's God that transforms our heart, and it's the Word of God that does that. So I just want to show you, uh, do you realize how many Scriptures speak about your tongue? And not just a negative way. I will say this, that uh, what I love about the Scriptures, it says, a wise person does this, a foolish person does this. I love how it makes it black and white for us. Because sometimes I can look at it and go, I'm a fool today. Or not for the whole day. I was a fool in that conversation. I was a fool in the way I treated them. So I need to make that right, right? I need to go back and make that right. Or this is what the word of life looks like. This is what life speaks. Jesus said, I've come to give you abundant life, right? I've come to give you, that includes your speech, that includes how you love people, how you treat people, how you talk to people. I've come to give you abundant life. There are so many scriptures about how your mouth speaks. Let me start with a few, and I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. So if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to just take the scriptures down. I may not say the scriptures, but they will be on the screen. The verse will be on the screen. So if you want to go back and read it, but I will say just write the verse down, okay? Don't, don't flip with me and keep looking, at, looking it up because you'll miss it. But go back and read these and let them sit on your heart, okay? So let me, uh, let me do that first. So the first one I'm going to start with that I love is Psalm 141.3. This is, this is exactly what I've been teaching you all the way through. This is what the Bible teaches. Look at this, Psalm 141. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Remember, he's the one that tames the tongue, not us. God, take control of what my lips. Take control of what I'm about to say. Here's what he's saying. I need your help. Jesus, you're the Lord, and I need your help because what I want to say is going to come out of my mouth if I don't submit to you. It's a beautiful principle. I think this is a beautiful prayer that we should all say, God, especially if you're going, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody that you're angry with, God, guard my lips, guard my words. God, help me with what I'm about to say. And then you, you begin to put the word on your heart, right? God, help me be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Don't say that while you're sitting with them because they might think you're a little loony. But in your head, I mean, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. God, I'm feeling a little bit angry right now, but I'm not going to let my anger make me sin. I'm going to control it. I'm going to hang on. All right, is that good? All right, here we go. So, so it's a beautiful thing to ask the Lord for help is what I'm telling you. We all need help. It doesn't matter how saved you are, how long you've been saved. We all need God's help when it comes to our speech. Here we go. Proverbs 10.31. Let me give you the first one. Again, this, these are words. How many times life on the tongue? How many times the Bible talks about life? Now, I'm not going to give you the, the foolish part. I'm just going to give you the wise part or the righteous part or, uh, or what God has to say about life. 10.31. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, 
The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. Proverbs 12, 14 says, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. The man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Proverbs 16, 24 says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Isn't that true? Pleasant words. You ever gotten a word that was like, oh, that was so good. That helped me, that encouraged me, that lifted me up, that blessed me. Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. I don't know if you realize this, there's many studies, I don't have time to go through them, but uh, encouraging, healthful life words can actually bring health to your body, health to your bones. Proverbs 18.4 says, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters, the wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. It's constant, it's always good, it's always bringing good water. Death and life are in the power of the, everyone say tongue. It's a very popular, look at death or life, it's your choice. You can speak death or you can speak life. Obviously, the Lord wants you to speak life. It's in your power, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart, speak it. A soft answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15.1, how about you know that? A soft answer turns away wrath. Not a loud answer. How many of you guys do? You yell at your kids or your spouse, and what does it do? It makes more anger. How many times have you tried to put out a fire by putting more fire on it? It makes no sense, right? But a soft, look at it, a soft answer turns away wrath. Look, there's nothing wrong with talking to your spouse, your kids, your friend, or whoever you have. Hey, let's settle down. Let's take a break. Let's talk about this when we can control our anger a little bit. A soft answer turns away wrath. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. Verse 2 of 15, verse 4 of the same chapter. A wholesome tongue, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Verse 28 of the same chapter. The heart of the righteous studies, listen to this, studies how to answer. As you're sitting there, you're thinking about how do I respond? How do I answer I'm quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Lord, how do I answer in this situation? Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken, fitly, not filthy, fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. And we're gonna give you an opportunity to receive this right after service. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Proverbs 25, 25 says, as cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country. You know, I love technology today because we can realize this. Jen was actually in a, uh, she was writing her book and uh, just in a time where she needed encouragement. Uh, How many of you guys have worked outside and been really hot and you're like dehydrated and you just got that glass of cold water? Isn't that good? I mean, it's the only time water tastes really good in my opinion. Is when you're weary and you just need a drink and you're sweating. Somehow it tastes sweet. We know it's not sweet. It's just we need water. Uh, But that's what it's like when you get a a word from somebody from a far country. Now, I can't imagine Jesus' time, Paul's time, where they would write letters. But when that would come, how good that would be when they got that letter. Today, we have Facebook and we we can communicate quickly. But anyway, Jen was needing a word of encouragement. And uh, a friend of hers from China sent her a word that she needed. And it was just so encouraging and so uplifting. She'll always remember that word. And that's what this verse is saying. How good is it when you get a word from somebody that you love and that you, you love that's maybe far away, but they send it without even, they just feel like God needs you to send it and you receive it. And it's so good. It's so powerful. It's so helpful. 
And let me end with this one, 1 Peter 3.10. He who would love life and see good days. Anybody want to love life and see good days? This isn't a self-help message, so please do not. Uh, that kind of sounds self-helpy, all right? But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want a good life, and if you want good days, then you've got to have a relationship with the tree of life, the life of self. That's Jesus. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So if you want a good life and you want a, 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 li- a life that you love, keep seeking God. Keep letting him change your heart. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. If you keep letting God in your heart, what's gonna come out of your mouth is good fruit. All of us would go expect an apple from an apple tree. And I believe all of us, as we're encountering whoever it is in our life, if you're a follower of Jesus, they expect Jesus to come out of your mouth as well. And I know it's a maturing process, and and I'll be very transparent and honest with you. I'm working on this last one, all right? The last one is where God has me right now, speaking life over my family, over my kids. It's not that I don't, but listen, I'm like many of you. If I take anything out, it's gonna be on them. And I don't struggle with cursing, and I don't struggle with slandering or all those things, but if I do struggle with something or I'm having a bad day, it gets taken out on them. And I think many of you can relate to that. So for me, this is the one I'm working on. This is the one I'm maturing on. I was making sure I'm speaking life over my wife and over my kids, making sure they know how important they are, how valuable they are to God and to me and to us. But how many of you know you have to train yourself to do that? Because it's easier to just uh, blah than it is to say, hey, hun, hey, whatever your kids' names are, this is what God sees in you, this is what I see in you. So this is one that I'm working on. But I I wanted to end our services a little bit different today. I'm going to have the worship team come forward. And so I don't don't know if I put that on my my sheet. So I'm sorry, guys, but you guys can come on up. But um, I wanted to close a little bit differently. And here's here's the way I want to close. If you're just, maybe you're in one of those seasons, amen, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, If you're in one of those times where you just need encouraged, maybe you've had a bad season, bad year, bad decade, bad day, whatever it is, but you don't hear much encouragement, we want to speak encouragement. I want to, we want to speak life over you. And so I'm going to have our altar teams come forward. And so, uh, guys, you can come on up right now. But all I want you to do is if you're just in that season, I'm not asking you to tell me about the situation. I'm not asking you to tell, tell me about what happened. Uh, just come up and say, I need some life. Just speak some life over me. That's it. And this is what I love about these these teams and these people that are up here and elders you can come up too or if you're part of the altar team and you're not scheduled today but you want to come up please do because we're going to need your help and elders too but um but here's what i want to tell you i I love what they do here because we depend on the holy spirit look we're not going to fabricate a word i'm not going to tell you something that god didn't give us and look we'll be honest with you if we don't have a word we're going to tell you but i just want you if you're encouraged if you're discouraged today and you just need encouragement we want to open up our hearts and we want you to come up and just come up for encouragement. We want to speak life over you. I believe the Holy Spirit will speak in and through us to encourage you, to bless you. And by the way, that's called prophecy. So don't get weirded out. Prophecy is simply that. It's, it's a word to encourage you. Now, God may give us insight into something that, again, I'm not asking you to tell us what you're going through, but we just want to be faithful to speak what God's putting on our hearts. And so today, if you need that, if you're feeling discouraged, you're just feeling wore out, you're depressed and you want to be encouraged, I want you to respond. You don't have to come up right now, but during this worship, whenever you're ready, 
I want you to come up. But if you're feeling that way, I don't want you to leave without being encouraged. So take as much time as you want to talk to God or to think or to process. But whenever you're ready, I want you to come up. We want to encourage you. Everybody needs encouraged. I need encouraged. You need encouraged. So if you need that, I want you to do that. As well, we're here to pray for anything at all. So if you want prayer for something, just come. We'll pray for you. We're always here to pray for you. We do this every week. We're honored to stand on God's word with you and for you and see what God's doing in your life. So if you need prayer for anything at all, you can do that now as well. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for every person here. Lord, thank you for helping all of us, myself included. Thank you that you're the Lord and you're the head. Lord, we've all blown it. We've all messed up. God, maybe we even walked into this place. We messed up yesterday, last night, this morning, whatever it was. Jesus, first we come to you and we say, we need help. Forgive me for whatever I did, whatever I spoke, whatever I said. But Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? How can my words change? Is there something, Holy Spirit, that I need to do to transform my heart? Is there something I'm allowing into my heart that I need to let go of? Just show me that, Lord, and I'm open. Lord, I'm submitting myself to you. And so if that's you today, just simply say it in your own words, in your own way. Lord, I need you today. I'm struggling. God, this tongue is untamable and I can't stop treating or speaking or saying words, but I want to. So Holy Spirit, help me. Lord, I'm just thankful for everybody here. I'm thankful for your word, the book of James, and how, Lord, this is something we all need help with. And so, Lord, we stand here as your followers, as your servants, as your disciples, and we say, Holy Spirit, teach us, correct us, guide us, lead us, convict us, whatever it is we need. We're here to listen and we're here to obey. And we love you and we're thankful and we know we'll be better tomorrow by what we receive right now. Lord, we truly can't give anything unless we receive it first. And Lord, we're here to receive right now. We're here to open our hearts and our minds, Lord, and even our tongues and our hearts to you to say, Lord, touch us in only a way that you can. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said, let's worship together. And whenever you're ready to pray, you come on up. If you need life, just come up and say, I need some life. And we'll pray for you. So let's worship together.